We're going way, way back with this one, guys. We're skipping right over the 60s to talk about a time of moon spiders, casual sexism, and cat women that dress like space single ladies. Thank you, Beyonce. Guys, welcome to the Messed Up at Midnight podcast, uh, the show that wants to fly you to the moon if the moon was a painting on the back of a Bud Light truck driving through Albany, Georgia. I'm your host, Max Steele, and as always, I'm joined by the cool space cat himself. It's Michael Flaherty. <laughs> Meow. I'm used. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to think of quips, and that was the only fucking thing I could think of. And now I fucking hate that that was the bit that, that was your brain with. That was that was a weird intro. I'll tell you that. That was, that was a weird intro. I'm gonna jump on that right, really fucking fast. I was like, it's you know, you know those times when it's like it's like you you like doing this podcast. You kind of get improv brain at certain points where it's like, yeah, it's just you know what comes to your mind, you say it, and it's like, mm-hmm. and that was what came to my mind, and I'm like, I'm like, god damn it, <laughs> like, that was damn. What the fuck. So, uh, guys, we uh, we want to start off this podcast by talking about an issue that is very important to me and Mike. Oh, yes. Uh, we want to talk about diversity because this movie has none of it. Exactly. <laughs> we, do? We, we were just talking about before we started recording that we could not tell apart. There's obviously hell. If, if you guys don't know, we're talking about a, what is it, a cat women of the moon. I almost called them space yes. cats. Or, yeah, cat women of the moon. It sounds like a made up movie, but no, it's not. Um, and our like we have our main like female lead Helen, and then we just have four there's four dads that are in this movie, four Republican it, dads. It is it is literally it is literally four it is literally four different levels of your of your conservative dad. There's there are the ones who are who are like yeah we're kind of cool with it or we're gonna do our best. Then there are the ones who are just like who are just like. <laughs> is that a is that a vaguely tan person not on my watch <laughs> like levels of oh god it's it's so fucking funny i could not tell this is this movie before we even jump into it i'm glad you brought it up this movie is a is a tried and true reason on why diversity is important and you know there's also like the very important like you know including everyone making sure everyone has a fair shot in the limelight representation all that good stuff mm-hmm. But from a practical movie perspective, it's able. It's, it kind of helps with differentiating with who's who because it was just a bunch of white people and Helen running around <laughs> on the moon. So, Mike, like I, like I said in my intro, we we just kind of skipped over the '60s to come to this wonderfully odd movie, and I feel like we got, I feel like we got to set. Set, set, let the people know kind of what was going on in the 50s. So, like, Mike, first of all, all right. what do you think of cinema from this time? See, okay. See, now, the important thing to know is, uh, uh, like, Max and I are both huge, huge, like, cinema nerds. We love, love mm-hmm. cinema. And, you know, no, no time period is exempt from that. I think we'll both very proudly say that. Mm-hmm. I do have to say, though, Movies from the from from the from like the from the 30s to the late 50s always are the ones that kind of make me sort of go, okay, all right, yeah, sure, yeah, absolutely, let's watch it because it feels like movies. It feels like the pace of movies from that like 
I guess, 30 year time span is just always. It's always very like, <clears throat> I don't know, it's it always feels very slow and it always feels very like grounded and you're like your ass is in the seat. Your ass is watching every moment and it's going to be a lot of talking, a whole mm-hmm. whole lot of talking. There's no there's no like cuts. There's no craziness going on. So my ADHD Zoomer brain like is just like it's tested sometimes, but I still mm-hmm. love them. It's mm-hmm. one of the I think one of the hallmark 50s, like I think pieces of maybe not cinema. I think it's more like TV, but like the Twilight Zone. Love the Twilight Zone. Oh, dude. Yeah, stuff Twilight Zone's like, classic. That, yeah. Stuff that makes you think I'm all about, but like some other stuff is like, whew, it can it can get it can get it can get grading. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What do you think? What do you feel about it? So for me, like when I look at 50s cinema, I, I agree with you, but I look at I like to sometimes look at decades. It's like, okay, well, what genre what genres do we have that are kind of popping off at the time? Oh, okay, okay. So for me, looking at the looking at the 50s, it's a combination of a rise in like spectacle, well, people wanting to see a spectacle with their cinema. You know, with a decade exiting World War II, plus, you know, the world knowing of the atomic bomb, people were becoming much more intrigued with sci-fi in a in a different way. You see a lot of alien films, Day the Earth Stood Still, Them, The Thing from Another World, and this movie <laughs> that kind of helps, you know, Hell yeah. pave the way for that, thi- for, you know, the science fiction um, interests that we have from this time. You even look at like a bunch of like monster movies from this time. Like I think the OG Godzilla was around yep. this time period. Yep. It's, yes, yeah, the mid, it's the mid to late fifties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I, Sometimes I look at like those older like monster movies and I'm like, you know, I, I I get the appeal of it. But then when I watch a movie like this one, <laughs> I'm kind of wondering, OK, is this is this, is this what qualified as entertainment back in the day? Because, <laughs> you know, some people look at, you know, like as the old times as the golden age. But I'm sitting here like, and you know, maybe we do have it better today. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 it, it it's the same energy as like when people are like, "Oh my god, times were better back in like the Wild West or something like that." You're like, "Have you really stopped to take stock of what you just said?" You're like, "Cuz I think that's the biggest and hardest of caps." Like it's like there's a lot of disease, a lot of, you know, socioeconomic problems, like no I don't people know don't the have the West. People don't get, you know, dysentery as much yeah, anymore, exactly. you know? You just don't you just don't get randomly get dysentery as you're trying to go to Oregon. <laughs> like it's just it's straight up like and and it that applies so well to like like this like that golden age of movies sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Because everyone thinks of like the golden age. They always think of stuff like Sunset Boulevard, Hitchcock, Citizen Kane. Like which those are good movies. Good I want to make stuff. that abundantly they're, like no, those are great movies. They're they're fucking magnificent. God mm-hmm. damn it, you should watch all of those. But like there's everyone forgets that cheese ball shitty movies have been a thing for the entirety of cinema. Like there's cheese ball shitty like 20s movies. Like it's not there's equal opportunity crap all around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so funny like looking back at like move at well when people were watching movies like they look back on like a decade or like a year and they're mm-hmm. like damn 
wasn't that a really good year for movies? Like, you know, we could say the same thing about, I don't know, like 2011, for instance, which, you know, you know what, you know what came out that year? It was Bucky Larson born to be a star. And you you could, you could say, damn, that's awful. But then you look at like some of the movies that came out in 2011, like, oh, I don't know, Black Swan. 127 mm-hmm. hours toy story three the fighter winners you know, 2011 was a really good year for movies so it, i think it's just one of those things like i feel like a lot of stuff gets lost as time goes on uh, sometimes mm-hmm. for better and sometimes for worse yeah no i i agree i heartily agree it's just every, for every yin there's a yang for every mm-hmm. like good for every good like year where everyone's looking at things positively, that same year there's this dark underbelly of just shit movies that came out that everyone just sort of, as time progresses, they quietly like get swept under the rug, and everyone's mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, oh my god, it was so much better." Like I think one of the hallmark, I think one of the classic like best years for movies, like that was recently comes to mind was like two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. Like, cause that had like Dark Knight that had other things. Dark Knight was the big one. That's, I remember <laughs> that, but there is, but that's why they're considered to be one of the best like years in movies of all time. There's also a lot of dog shit that everyone has chosen to forgot that came out in like 2008. Again, I don't keep a list of the, of the shitty movies, but I'm sure, but there was not a shortage of them. I can guarantee you that the Razzies were not, they were eaten. <laughs> so yeah. Mm-hmm. So so okay so now getting back to Catwomen of the Moon, uh, mm-hmm. at the the lead actress uh, Helen, uh, actress Mary Windsor, after this movie was made, she actually refused to talk about this movie for many years after its relief. And she said, and by the way, I'm getting this information from an article posted on SciPist.net. So if you if you are interested about this movie, listen to our podcast and then go read their article. It's it's filled with a lot of great information. She said, Mary Winslow said that the strange ending of this movie was because the film ran over budget and time. And she says a producer walked in one day, just pulled out six pages from the script and said, nope, stop it. Nope. Oh, my God. I was like, "Okay." that is this. See, this is this is every time I every time every time we see those like he or hear those. uh, What's it called? Every time we hear those like uh, old tales on how like executives would just run through and just make the craziest of changes. And then like the director would be like, you're ruining my film. And then the executives would be like, I don't care. It's over budget or something like that. This is this is like this this decade, like the 50s and 60s and like 70s as well was prime like this. It was prime. Fuck the director. like. Mm sort of energy going on the executives know what's going on and <laughs> that makes so much more sense for this ending because when we get to this ending i will i i will make sure everyone knows how ridiculous this fucking ending is <laughs> you know this, this movie is like it really like blows my mind because i would not expect an academy award nominee to you know direct this movie what? <laughs> All right, that was a lead-in. Back the fuck up. He has an Academy Award on nomination. No, okay, so so director uh, Arthur Hilton 
was nominated for Best Film Editing in 1946 for Robert, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, uh, Siodemach's film noir, The Killers, and then made this later. (laughs) Oh, so he was like, he was riding a high the entire time. He was like, he was like, this is good. (laughs) I did it. Because I got nominated for a damn Oscar. He goes, I can't do anything wrong. I'm going to make Catwomen of the Moon. <laughs> and just to, just to show everyone that I just piss money and that all it's, it's going to go gangbusters. That's that's crazy. That's proof that uh, that's proof that Oscars don't mean shit. That's proof that like that's proof that like people just do dog ass movies of their own volition. Listen, what goes what goes around comes around. Um, and before mm-hmm. before we move on to the drinks, uh, I do want to look at some of the actors in this movie. So, like I mentioned, uh, Mary Windsor, or sorry, was that her name? Did I just did I just fucking butcher her name? I swear I did. <laughs> did I butcher it? Did I butcher? It? Yep, Mary Windsor. No, I didn't. I'm good. So, <laughs> Marie uh, Marie Windsor. She's actually kind of became known for the B movie. She became. I think she was given the title. The Queen of the B movies from oh. like the from like the fifties onward, and was involved in a lot of B movie projects at this time. So you have that oh. on one end. You have which one? Which one was it? Uh, Sonny Tufts, who was kind of largely known for Catwomen of the Moon during this time, and you know he did a couple of other things here and there, but nothing really of note. But then you look at uh, Douglas Fowley. Who, if you don't know, that was uh, Walt Walters in this movie. Oh. He would go on to have bit parts as the uh, as a film. Di- you, you've heard of Singing in the Rain? Oh yeah, he was an actor in Singing in the Rain. No shit, he was. Yeah, that's how memorable he is. I, I did not piece the two together. <laughs> and apparently, he also appeared as Doc Holliday in the Life and Legend of Wyatt Earp. So you know, he was able to get some. He was able to get some work from, you know, after this movie. And yeah, uh, Vic, right. lastly, let's look at uh, Victor Jory, who he would he was playing uh, the guy that played Kip. He appeared, I think, in a, in a bit role in a, a film called Gone with the Wind. <laughs> so you kind of got like what a whole spectrum of people who were involved in this movie who would, you know, cult classic filmmakers, people who just kind of you know, maybe did a little bit of stuff, but never reached that limelight. And then we're in fucking gone with the wind and, and singing in the rain. That's crazy. It's, it's always so funny to me how these people will go from like doing shit like gone, gone with the wind or the killers or something like that. And then just turn and in the same fucking beat, do cat women of the moon. <laughs> it's like first for people like Mary Windsor, I guess it, I guess it makes sense and follows with her like, trajectory the mm-hmm. fact that she was a b-movie person and just was doing all of that but like my god that's that's such a that's such a a wave or a span of people just 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 everything god damn so now mike let's get to the important question of this podcast Hell if this yeah. movie were a drink what would it be and why okay so one thing that I've, I I knew about this movie is this movie was this movie's this movie's has a slower first half, but once it hits the beat, it kicks off and does not stop. 
It is. It's very, very interesting. Oh, I don't. I don't think we even mentioned this before we before we got here. This movie's only like mm-hmm. sixty, like sixty four minutes long. Yeah, exactly. If you need, if it is shorter than most Stranger Things episodes, like mm-hmm. it is, it is, it is a, it is a quick bite, like in and out, no problem. Which is, you know what? Which I guess I had thirty sex tape. All right. Damn it. You Damn set yourself it. up for we that had, one. We had such a good we had such a good streak like of like, you know, not demeaning each other or demeaning the co-host. But you know what? Cool. Glad that this glad that we've circled back. But sorry, right. go ahead, go ahead. Next, I'll stop interrupting. Back to my damn drink. This movie is this movie's a B movie. It does nothing but sit there and work to Provide you with what you expect. Catwomen of the moon. We can we can talk about all the other things that it's supposed to be doing. Or like that it like could have done or should have done. But like all it is is just one simple premise and they fulfill that premise. So what else other than vodka? It's not high octane. It doesn't Tequila doesn't feel fitting. And it isn't deep enough to go for like a gin or a whiskey or something like that. Let's go cheap, classic vodka. Doesn't need to be good. Doesn't need to be bad. Just needs to solve the problem. Now, this movie is a space movie. It's a sci-fi movie. It stars astronauts. And I had to sit and I wanted to sit there and include the fact that all of the all of the characters, with the exception of the cat women of the moon, are all astronauts. So I was like, great. What is a quintessential astronaut drink base? Tang. Instantly just defaulted to Tang. Tang, used okay. by NASA. Used by NASA. It was actually it was actually developed, I think it was either developed by NASA or for NASA, and astronauts used it in the early six in the late 60s. So so chew on that little nugget of information, motherfuckers. It's Tang. So, okay, let's do two ounces of vodka. Let's get that, let's get get the tang in the water, you know, mix it. I like to go a little more concentrated, but you mix tang and water, you know, till you get, you know, it, enough. And then you mix that in with the vodka. Now, I'm trying to think, I'm trying, I was trying to think, all right, this movie is, this movie is just trying to, it's it's simple, so you can't go too overboard with all the ingredients. There's not a lot of depth to it. So I'm going to go with sweetened condensed milk for the cats. Because, you know, milk, Ugh. cats, come on. It's And then I was also thinking, like, it's, it's sweetened in that it's like it's this sugary, bite-sized, like, like, 50s sci-fi movie. There isn't a whole lot of tartness, punchiness, like surprise it's kind of just this sweet this very sweet easy to drink sort of thing so i'm like cool sweet and condensed milk they're like half an ounce in now this movie does have a lot of passionate kissing and hugging and like embracing so let's grab grab an aphrodisiac of your choice pick one literally fucking pick one you there's there's a whole list just it could be anything from hoarding goat weed to like something else and crush up some viagra Excellent. Crush up some Viagra. You know what? Let's really just really test the waters. <laughs> Toss that into your drink, shake vigorously, and pour it into your glass. Now, when you go to grab it and drink it, I want you to be sitting there with someone else. 
And imagine you're drinking the cocktail. And then suddenly your friend turns to you as you're nearly finishing it, grabs it, throws it into the sink and goes, you're done. We'll walk out. Get out of here. Get out of here. You're done. That was your last drink. And you're like, I didn't really get to finish it. It feels a little I I feel like there was I feel like there was still drink left to be drank. <laughs> and the, and your friend goes, no, shut the hell up and get out. That's the final piece of this movie. And that is my cocktail. The sweet every time milk is brought up, it just it makes me <laughs> just makes, makes me queeze a little bit. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so, so this is I think the first time we, in, a, in a while when we've kind of gone in opposite direct, like opposite directions a little bit. And I think okay. I think right. I think you'll see what I mean here in a second. Okay. I, 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 I fuck, I fuck okay. with it. I would not. I would not drink tang, uh, tang and sweet and condensed milk ever. Sweet milky tang. No, that mm, I can think of a I can think of a lot of things I'd much rather do than drink milky tang. <laughs> so okay, for me I'm like okay we got the fifties we got space a colony of women spiders on the moon for some reason which we'll get into that moon spiders we, moon we got a lot spiders. So Mike, you mentioned it in your drink. I was gonna say it's gin because. Early, it's early sci-fi. Jen was kind of popular in the 50s. It's a clear spirit, which, you know, kind of has always given me like sci-fi vibes. But this is not classy gin. This is like cheap gin. You have to go out and get get a new Amsterdam. Let's just say a oh, new yeah. Amsterdam gin, three ounces for how cheap everything looks and just how how much everything kind of just sticks out. Now, this movie was made in the 50s. They, let's just say, had a, a different view on women, and I'm going to leave it at oh. that. Oh, yeah. So so for the cat colony in the moon, you're going to get some cranberry juice. You know, it's fruity, and, you know, girls like it, right? And yeah, with, you know, right. the romantic subplot this movie throws in, why not mix in some club soda? Let's do a half-and-half half mix of cranberry juice and club soda. That sounds pretty good, right? You know, you could maybe see yourself drinking that. Now, what you're going to do is you're going to take that mixture – I'm just going to leave it on the kitchen counter for like a day, like let it flatten. Maybe some hair gets in it. Maybe a little bit of dust gets in there, you know, so this, so that make it so flat. So it takes out any soul message or sense at all. And I'm going to add one more thing for the cat colony. Go get a thing of meow mix wet food. No, no, you're not adding it. No, you're not adding it to this drink. I'm I'm saving y'all from that one and tear the label off. And put that on the glass you're drinking out of, because despite this movie being called Cat Women of the Moon, they are cat women in name only. No, nothing mm-hmm. about them screams like, you know, I'm a cat. <laughs> n- n- none of that. <laughs> so, okay, now let's look at the men of the mission, the white middle-aged men, and one of them has a gun. You know, you know we think old fashions, right? You know, you know, you involve bitters in old fashioned. So, okay, take some bitters, mix it with some cold cigarette ash. Just mix the bitters together. Kind of, you know, throw a dash in your drink. And for the sheer what the fuckness of the spider's appearance, I'm going to add something that also makes you say, what the fuck? In your movie about cat women on the moon. And that's going to be a slice of bacon. I'm going to tell you why. Because despite of like whatever else, like all the ingredients of this drink, you will go away from this only thinking one thing. It was like, okay, but, but why was the slice of bacon in there? 
And you know, some you know some people would would say that about the moon spiders in this movie. And yeah. th- this is this is th- that's my drink, by the way. But there's an optional addition that you can do. But I am saying, and l- listen to me, come here. Do not do this. Do not do what I am about to tell you. This is a bit, and you do, do not it. drink this. Do not listen to Michael Flaherty. Listen to me. <laughs> to round everything out, pour your drink in a cup that had paint that had like paint poured out of it, and then you know still oh, has like a God. slight amount that you can still kind of see on the inside because Jesus Christ, like these painted sets are something. You can even fucking see when the characters are walking away, their shadow gets on the wall in a weird way, and it just doesn't make any sense. So, so yeah, don't do that last part. But I just felt the need to add that in this drink. And yeah, that that's what I got. You heard it here, folks. Max Steele says drink nope, paint, nope, everyone. Nope, nope. Do not drink. Nope. Do not do that. I am saying do not do that. This is a comedy podcast. We are not encouraging you to go out there and try any of these. That's that for me true. and Mike that to do. That is, that's for our dumbasses to do. Yeah, we're not drinking paint, though. I'm putting the kibosh on that real fast. No. OK, I do like it. I do like it's So it's. I feel like we both went for a very similar route in general structure mm-hmm. in that we both kept it simple. Oh, yeah. We were both like, this movie does not go deep. It does movie doesn't go, doesn't span a lot of things in a really experimental way. It is like, it is going to be these simple things. I do. I feel like in a, in a way we both had similar steps to our ingredients. We had our base, where it's the gin, then we had our juice of some kind, mine happened to be powdered, (laughs) and then a water of sorts, and mine just happened to have a little bit of sweetener in it uh, as the what the fuck, yours was bacon, which I gotta say you're right, you're right much like like your drink the thing I walk away from this movie remembering distinctly is not wow, interesting nuanced characters, or wow, that was a really cool scene between the astronaut old men and the cat women from the moon i just think giant moon spiders <laughs> giant moon spiders i'm i'm looking forward to getting there mike i mike i said we just get right into it and let's, let's do just, it let's do it let's fucking talk about cat women of the moon the eternal wonders of space and time the faraway dreams and the mysteries of other worlds and other lives. And, you know, this opening monologue is just going on about the wonders of space. You know, someday the barrier between man and space will be pierced when a, when a rich bald man uh, riles up all of his employees and then gets launched into the moon, an Amazon war. No, he's not. I'm going to kill him. And he turns to everyone. He goes, he goes, attention, all employees, stop peeing in plastic (laughs) bottles and carry me to the moon. (laughs) There's just a bunch of Amazon employees just like crowd surfing Jeff Bezos all the way up to the moon. I do love the idea of instead of a space elevator, Jeff Bezos has forced his employees to make a human elevator that just carries him all the way to the moon. Nah, man, forget forget Catwomen of the moon. We're going to get a, an Amazon warehouse on the moon with Jeff Bezos oh. just sitting there. Instead, instead of the Catwomen, it's just a bunch of like women that look like Jeff Bezos. Absolutely, and it's oh my god, it's just it's just Jeff, it's just Jeff Bezos in a black morph suit and like and like really distinct pointed eyebrows. 
Are there any artists listening to this? Please draw that for us. Please. That would be so funny. It'd be so funny. <laughs> so, okay. So we cut to a flying rocket and then we cut inside and it looks like a bunch of people are asleep on these like, and by the way, I think these beds, either these beds or the chairs they sit in, they got wheels and they're in space. Don't question the science of this movie. Just turn turn your brain off for that. Otherwise, you're going to be have, up here for a while. I have so many. Uh, so many pointers about the science. My God, this is this is one of the this is one of the hallmarks and one of the one of the easiest ways to point out if a movie was before or after, like like uh, the first venture into space, mm-hmm. <laughs> because the entire setup of their spaceship is insane. Not only does their spaceship look like look like a, look like a looks like a suppository with like a with like a flare attached to the bottom, but it's just their chairs are literally like those those pool those very loungy poolside chairs and like that are like and they're all just suspended and they have wooden office chairs on wheels with car seat belts on them, which is Chef's kiss, magnificent. That looks like somebody took like like a race, like a like a race car, like a seat that's in like those race cars, and just put it at the bottom of like an office chair. That's literally what it is. It's literally Absolutely. like a rolly chair. <laughs> Absolutely, it's fantastic. So they get a call, and you know, one of the guys starts wake uh, wakes up, and then the uh, the woman Helen wakes up, and they're all looking at space like, damn, that's so cool. So now four, so we got our crew. It's four guys and a woman named Helen. So they're all saying I don't know things. why That's, I don't know why my brain my brain just my brain just thought like was thought it was the setup to the world's shittiest dad joke. Four guys and a girl named Helen walk in and they're like, oh Jesus. But I, I could make a joke about how the rocket ship looks like um a probe of some kind, but I'm not going to do that. So I'm, yeah, it looks I'm like yeah, more- it looks like a suppository. It looks like it looks like something you shove up your ass. <laughs> So so they're all talking and we got our we got our gaggle of people. We got our leader Laird, you know, he's respond, he's like is talking to mission control and you know, he's saying science things and you know, they the the um, mission control he's like, "Hey, you're getting broadcast to the world. What do you have to say?" and Laird just fucking says nothing. We got Kip our co-pilot <laughs> that doesn't say too much. I I love that. I love that. You're broadcasting to the world, Laird. You got anything to say? And he's just dead silent. And I'm like, nailed it, Laird. Nailed it. Uh, this space travel is brought to you by NordVPN. Oh, Use the my code God. Women of the Moon. To, no, we're not sponsored. <laughs> that not sponsored. Would be, that would be so funny if he just sat there and just went... <laughs> Be sure to go to Amazon.com to get your <laughs> best deals. <laughs> use use the code uh, uh, Catwomen of the Moon at checkout to receive a black morph suit and this mask of Jeff Bezos with thick eyebrows. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so so then we got Doug Smith. He's a radio operator. He says stuff. And Walt Walters quite literally does what me and Mike were just doing. He's trying like says some stuff about like the products that they were using on this control, so, so we can try to get money. So, oh, so they, Walt. you know, st- well, <laughs> so start- Walt's, Walt's like Walt's like Walt's like one of those top G Instagram people who's like who's like got to make money everywhere we can, man. <laughs> Even in space. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so, but then the rocket starts shaking. You know, something's wrong. Alarms start blaring, but you know, it's all good now because Laird roasts one of the guys for not paying attention. Laird's like, work with confidence. Helen, get us on course. Doug, tune into mission control, but Doug can't get any can't get anything. But what's like, you know, one of the nitric acid containers underneath the ship must have busted open. There's like an obstruction with the water line. So Kip gets in a spacesuit to go check in the water line. They put him like down. It kind of it kind of looks like the spacesuit kind of looks like he's a futuristic beekeeper. <laughs> exactly. I I literally said, I literally said he looks like he's about to like like marching to Chernobyl. Like he's in a hazmat suit just walking. And it's like, yeah, exactly. He's got the square like hat, like he's a beekeeper. Oh my god. It's so funny. So basically Kip gets down there. He's like spraying the smoke with a fire extinguisher while everybody else is just kind of sitting around and playing with their dicks. Uh, but then <laughs> things are looking real bad until it's not. And then Kip is, you know, saved the day. And Helen finds this hot and clip kind uh, Kip climbs the ladder to join the crew. And yeah, so later everyone's still doing science thing. Kip is lying down because he passed out after that adventure. And Helen's like every man, a tiger. Let's go. And Laird gives a lecture like, hey, we have to stick to the book. And also we get from this scene that Helen and Laird, they're an item. But Helen wants to keep everything scientific and all of that. So Kip gets a little bit too close to Helen to flirt with her, you know, when he knows that she's taken. So Helen goes to talk with Laird. Laird questions on who Alpha was when she was talking on the radio because earlier Helen was speaking and she spoke to some, someone named Alpha. So the crew ends up arriving closer to the moon. Helen wants ahead to pick up the ship. She wants the ship to go land on the dark side of the moon. So they're like, uh, <laughs> just hear okay. Pink Floyd start playing. As they start landing, <laughs> just hear money. Just, just like go. You know, I do wonder what would happen if we played a Dark Side of the Moon to this movie. Would it make sense? Would it be better? I was like, we would. I was like, I was like, man, we would need to be so fucking stoned <laughs> to, to to do that. Then again, I feel like you could listen to Dark Side of the Moon with any movie, including Transformers: Dark Side of the Moon, In, including including Paul Blart Two. Apparently that matches up perfectly to Dark Side of the Moon as well. Wait, does it really? I, I remember. Or are you just, are you just it, making no, that I, up? I, no, no, I shit you not. It actually matches up. I kid you not. It's called the Blart Side of the Mall. Uh, Mike, we might need to take some. Uh, you and I might need to get together and see, and then just rent us a copy of Paul Blart Two and just see what happens. <laughs> We're gonna need to get, dude. We will need to get fucking. Just, just dumb high, like <laughs> stupid fucking high, and watch Paul Blart. So okay, now we got our landing sequence, and you know, I get, I can't really comment on some of the effects in this movie because you know it's the fifties. You know, we can po- we can poke fun, but also keep in mind that this again was the fifties. So take that into account. So ship lands. Laird's like, oh, let's explore the moon. Let's explore the moon before working on the ship. Doug wants to fix it up before the ship goes out, but hey, they're not going to do that. So now everyone's wearing spacesuits, and it's a look. And I, well, we 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 gotta stop. talk about the spacesuits. Well, we gotta talk about what everybody has okay, with them yeah. on this voyage that's because uh, okay, that's fair. Helen. Helen just has a pack of cigs that she's going to be taking out there. <laughs> one guy one. has 
One guy has an L.A. City Limit sign that I really hope he just stole on the way to go take off to space. He was like, I'm going to take this and just fucking just nabs it, takes it up to the moon because why the fuck not? Yeah, well, that's such a such a weird thing. Like that's like Duke just walks around with an L.A. City Limit sign. and You just have to stop and go, hey, Duke, buddy, don't want to. Definitely don't want to turn my nose up at you, but why? Like cigarettes, I guess if like it's the fifties, everybody was yeah, smoking. Yeah, it's fifties, everyone was smoking, and I assume like someone was cripplingly addicted to cigarettes. So I'm like, okay, that's fair. Like that makes sense. Like Kip, the co-pilot, he brings a he brings a pistol, and you're like you're like, all right, I guess I guess in I guess in this movie's world, that is a sensible decision. Uh. I don't know if it is in the real world. Don't know if pistols will work on the moon, but you know, to each their own. And then this guy, this motherfucker is just walking around with a sign. And you're like, you're like, hey, Kip, not Kip, fucking Doug. You're like, all right, bud. Okay, sure. It could have been like, who was it? Walt that just has a thing of stamps. Do something normal like that. Don't just fucking carry around. Oh my God. (laughs) Just fucking carry around like a, like a fucking city limit sign. Yeah, exactly. That's it's so you know you know you've brought a shitty item to the moon <laughs> when the guy who has the city limit sign is more sensible than Mister Fucking Stamp Collection over here. He's like, oh, "Is there moon stamps?" And you're like, "You fucking nerd!" Oh my god. So, Mike, you wanted you wanted to talk about the 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 fucking spacesuits that they're all wearing. What, what do you what do you got to say about that? Okay, all right, all right. So. I feel like to describe their spacesuits. So four of the space, uh, there are like I think, what would you say, like five or six spacesuits? There's five. There's five of them. So five, five spacesuits. Five. Okay, so there, there, are, there are like three of one kind of spacesuit and two of another kind. The two are so much more interesting to talk about. But we'll start with the three. We'll start with the three. So the three, it's it's like. It's like the uncanny valley, but for spacesuits. Mm-hmm. Like it, you're so close to being right, but because they're close, they're very. It feels like they're very far away. So you know, everyone has seen the classic NASA spacesuit. Think of that, but if that was a parka instead of like a spacesuit, it is technically a spacesuit, but it does look like someone could definitely hide. Like it has like pockets. And like has like a collar that's also puffy, so so it's like it looks like it looks like if it was a jacket, like an eighties like New York like drug dealer would totally wear oh it. God. But and then their helmet. I want to talk about their helmet. Their helmet is like a like a fishbowl, like made of plastic. But the visor where they look out of has like. I don't know. It fans outwards in a circle, which is so weird, which is so weird. But they're not the weird ones. <laughs> the two other guys who just walk around with the helmets on, they're magical. They walk around with steel metal head cages on <laughs> and they literally look like walking pills. It is so funny they literally it's just 
they can't you it doesn't have a visor for them to look out of it just has a bunch of like weird buttons and a black screen where like their mouth would be it's it is so weird like i don't know how these dudes navigate why why there was like a shortage in the other kind of like spacesuits but goddamn they're here you know i bet what it was was the product the costume designer was like oh you know gung-ho about using one of these but couldn't get like five of them so she uh, mm-hmm. so they were just like oh fuck what am i gonna do like and then they just ended up like just combining them and just having two of them just look so fucking weird <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like the other three. I'm like, ha ha ha. They look a little goofy, but uh, whatever. It's the 50s. They get a pass. So okay, These so these motherfuckers are just out of out of left field. But sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. Go ahead okay, go so ahead. so they're now they now go out and start exploring the moon. Everyone makes their way down. And we get random shots of the moon and its space. And I'm sure at the time it was exciting, but here I'm like, okay, yeah, cool, exactly. So they, so they marvel how far away they are from everyone and helen wants to go explore a cave nearby but laird is like okay yeah you know let's go do that so they walk single file line towards the moon cave on a whim because helen was like let's go that way i love it i love it helen just it's like it's like they're it's like it's like they're on a field trip instead of like on an excursion in an extremely deadly place that will kill you the second you screw up. Like, and she's like, she's like, I want to explore the cave. And Laird's like, so it is. And you're like, I feel like there should be more protocol instead of fuck it. Why not? Oh, you know, he'd make, he's a, he he had a pastime as a element, as a uh, kindergarten teacher. And, you know, yeah, literally. He, he had to get fired from that because the kids started playing around with uh, <laughs> matches and, you know, accidentally burned the school down. So he, he's, exactly. not allowed, he's not allowed he, to be responsible uh, for anyone ever again. But somehow made it was to NASA. The, was the original kindergarten cop until until the school burned down. And then he had to, you know, do a bit of witness protectioning. And then he joined NASA and went to fucking the moon. So they enter this cave while a meteorite goes flying by. They duck, and then the meteorite just kind of fucking disappears, and they just keep fucking walking like absolutely nothing that. just happened. I, I love that. I love that. The the comet, they literally, they make a whole spectacle, because up until now, they're walking around, talking, going, let's go in the cave. Literally, they're like, do-do-do-do-do, they're walking around, and then you just literally hear, like... Pretty much the 50s equivalent of Laird going, holy fucking shit, there's a comet. And they all like duck and hit the deck. And then the comet just floats past them, disappears. And they all literally get up, dust themselves off and just keep walking. And you're just, I was like, there's no, hey guys, what was that? Or, oh my God, this place is dated. It was just, we just get up and keep moving. All right. Word. Cool. That whole, that whole bit gave me vibes of, hey, I learned this cool effect that we can do for the movie why not write a scene in and have that be a part of the movie to give us production value? And then when you do it, it looks like shit. And now you just have this random fucking comet in your movie. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's such a, yeah, exactly. Some, some, some guy who just graduated film school is like, he just turned to the lead film editor and was like, I got this great idea. If you're willing to hear me out. (laughs) So they so the gang keep walking. The group arrive at what's called the dividing line. 
Laird takes one of Helen's cigarette, puts it on the ground, and it erupts in flames. Cool. So they find this cave. Kip starts pointing out some oddities, like how Helen was able to see the cave from their landing spot. And he's like, something's not right. But now they enter the cave. And they walk in front of a painted wall. It's all magnificent. And Helen goes up and no one, they just fucking leave no one to watch the ship. So yeah, it'll be fine. So inside, Helen's like, wow, it's exactly how I dreamed of it. And Laird says like, oh, that's pretty weird. But then Helen just tells them where to go. And they, as they walk past some phallic shaped rocks and Helen complains about the weight of the boots and Kip notices moisture on the roof. You know, how can there be moisture without an atmosphere? So Kip lights a match, which means there is oxygen science. So they remove their spacesuits because that's that's how it works. That's, <laughs> they just what? sit there. They strike a match and go, all right, I guess we're good. And they just <laughs> take off their mask. I'm like, there is there are so many more things you got to do before you just go. All right, cool. <laughs> Helmet off. Like, <laughs> yeah. And one of these guys is like, I want to start selling moon air. But then we cut to a random shadow of a woman. But now now it's later and everyone's folding up their spacesuits. They're saying a bunch of science words. Helen says, oh, yeah, we're almost to the end. And everyone just kind of leaves their suits on the ground so no one can watch them. So Kip is like, no, wait a second. If there's oxygen, there could be life, which is why I brought this. And then pulls out that thing that he keeps on him. He's got that (laughs) motherfucking revolver, which, by the way, never runs out of ammo. Like he fires it it like I think 12 or 13 times throughout this movie and it just never fucking runs out of ammo. We don't ever see him reload it or do anything like that. He has infinite ammo. He literally has the infinite ammo glitch from like video games. Like he just he just shoots and never has to reload. He's got like a sick a sick shooter and just just infinite just always just infinite bullets in there. He's got like a 20 shooter. Like it's not it's not a circle, it's a fucking oval. Like <laughs> So Helen's like so they're all talking about like the people like oh well, why can't we expect, you know, love and friendship, you know, from someone who could be living here. And then they get ambushed by a giant fucking moon spider from Apollo 18. I- no, it's not from that movie. So now they start just like fist fighting this random moon spider puppet thing while Kip just pops a cap in its ass and it's all good. But Helen gets jumped by another one. So Kip (laughs) pops a cap in its ass and Helen's just fucking screaming her head off, which why do we have moon spiders in a movie called Catwoman of the Moon? I love it. I love it. They just, I, I feel like the director just turned to this to the writer and was just like, well, they just figured out that there's life on it, that there's got to be life because there's oxygen. So we got to come up with something. And so they just just went uh, spiders. And like, it's so crazy because it's not like they're like, oh, my God, there's like fauna and flora here. Like, it's not like they're, they're looking, they see like snails or like or like grass or anything. It's just. Out of nowhere, two spiders fall on Helen. And you're like, what? It's it's so, there's no setup. The spiders just fall. My favorite thing also, these spiders are so obviously on strings. And mm-hmm. you can see the little legs like just dangle as the person who has the, who's holding the string kind of like shakes them a little bit. <laughs> it is so great. So magnificent. Dude, I, th- this made me just like, I had to pause and rewind just to be sure I was like, I knew what I was looking at. I was like, what the, f- why? 
You're like, you're like, is that a, you're like, is that a motherfucking moon spider? I see. Look, I don't get I, at this. Like now I'm like, okay, I don't give a shit about no cat women of the moon. Why the fuck do we have moon spiders? And it's yeah. never mentioned again. Yeah, exactly. This is the only I'm, time that it happens. I'm curious. I want to know why. I want to know why there are moon spiders, but they just sort of like, again, much like much like the comet. It happens and then they just go, oh, that, well, that was weird, gang. And then just keep moving like they're fucking Scooby-Doo. <laughs> so, OK, now Kip and Laird, they go to check on Helen and she just keeps on screaming. Um, and then Laird and one of the other guys who Kip gives the gun, like they kind of all like go split up like Walton Kip will go guard the spacesuits while Laird and Doug will go on. We're just kind of fucking leaving Helen to lie on this cave floor after she was just attacked by moon spiders. <laughs> but then we get another shadow of a woman who approaches Helen from behind. Now this woman waltzes down while Helen looks up and screams and then this random woman runs away. And then Helen like looks at her hand and. Laird and Doug come back to check on her and she doesn't tell him what happened. And Laird's like, no, no, Laird's like, okay, you know what? Fuck this. Let's go back to the ship. But Helen's like, no, no, no. We, I need to go forward. But then Kip and Walt come back and, you know, their suits are gone. Kip takes his gun back and Helen's like, you know, fuck this. I'm going forward. So everyone continues on in this cave. So later they arrive at this opening. They look out and they just see just a, a whole ass fucking village in the middle of the moon. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. They get out of this cave system and you see clouds. Why you the fuck were there clouds, clouds in the sky? It's, I just, it, it's like, they, I don't know why, but the idea is that they ventured deeper into the caves. The idea is they ventured deeper into the caves and came to this clearing beneath the caves. And there are clouds there, which is one crazy one. That's insane that that it's that's that's insane to me. My brain doesn't really process that really well. Mike, it's because you're not smart enough to get this movie. Do you understand? Exactly. I'm I'm not on the same wavelength as Mary Windsor or (laughs) or whatever the guy's name was. But straight up. It is like a barren wasteland and then a castle. And it's just the funniest shit ever. It looks, it, it's so funny. It's some fucking, like, it is like Ozzy Bandius levels of poetry. I'm just <laughs> like, it's this castle and then nothing. So we, like, then we go into the civilization. It's got, like, pillars, tiled floor, vases. And Laird is like, okay, look, it looks like there hasn't been a fire here for years. There's no intelligent life. But then over with Doug and Walt, they find a place where they can light a fire and, you know, get warm. But then Kip is curious and he's like, hey, Helen, how do you know about this place? And if she could dream, you know, the whole spacesuits thing and everything. So Kip starts calling out to no one. Helen and Doug wander off to look around. Doug starts walking, but Helen goes off and looks at something. And then Doug gets like the softest jumping of his life. And gets attacked <laughs> by one of the cat women. It's just like she's doing like that, you know, clearly when you're like fake punching someone, like when you're trying to like look like you're punching someone, but you're punching like really slowly. It's it's some it's it's, it's so some, funny. It's some struggle. It's, I tell you what, it's so funny. That is the best way of saying it. He gets jumped in the softest way possible. Like he rolls into like he, he didn't roll into he didn't roll into like the wrong code. He rolled into like Aspen. And it's just they're like they're, they're like it's just, I don't know. Aspen's like a rich person place, isn't it? But it's, just, Dude, it's I don't just, fucking know. I've never been. 
I was like, exactly. Like, I think I, I think I drove through Aspen one time. <laughs> no, but what was just, it's just like, just like, yeah, she jumps on him and then kind of just gives him like some soft, like love taps and then just scampers away. <laughs> so yeah, Doug gets like brought to the ground by this woman's mad martial arts abilities and the others go to his side, but Helen's missing and the cat woman's gone. And it looks like the cat woman also put out the fire. So the remaining men, they spread out, they uh, spread out, they uh, split up to go looking for Helen. But the cat women get Kip. But one of the guys caught a cat woman and they just like stare at her. They're like, like, okay, she's surrounded by like these four guys and then just fucking blips out of existence. That was, I'm, she, I'm literally, like, she is like a cut in a movie. She's fucking like just cut gone. It is like it is it is granted this is an old this is an older like reference but it's the if you've ever watched anything or maybe talk to your fucking parents about this but the I dream of genie where mm-hmm. it's like she just flips in and out of fucking like screen or if we want a more modern reference fucking Goku just how Goku teleports how he just fucking just blinks out and just goes out. But not not even like in the modern day Dragon Ball Z in Dragon Ball Z abridged when they quite literally just yeah. like Pops him out of existence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that is the better reference in Dragon Ball Z Abridged, where he just where he just randomly just pops out of existence. <laughs> so then they're like, okay, and then Kip's like, okay, let's stick together. If Helen doesn't show up in one hour, we got to get out of here, which I'm sure is going to cause a lot of legal problems when they get back with NASA. So yeah, Larry- NASA's going to be like, oh, that a person you abandoned on the fucking moon? <laughs> yeah, that's all good. <laughs> Listen, they would have seen. Oh God, what's that Matt Damon movie? Uh, fuck. Um, yeah, the Mars. They would have just like had to watch that movie and go save this woman from pl- from a place where she just shouldn't have been, and just spend yeah, exactly. a lot of money. <laughs> so Laird is. So Laird's like, I'm still in charge here, Kit. But you know what? I'm going to listen to you. So away from this, Helen goes to talk with Alpha, where she meets the Cat Women, Alpha, Beta, and Lambda, and Helen doesn't understand like but alpha the cat woman she's like no you're one of us helen so then alpha gives some exposition on how she beat how she uh, speaks english and stuff and helen's like well wait a second but why me and why not the others but beta's like well we have no use for men and alpha is like well we decided to concentrate on you and helen's like but, but why and then alpha says because the atmosphere because like the atmosphere and shit you know playing genocide to reduce our population our only hope was that the spaceship would come to us you were taking the three of us. Also, we have no men. We have no use for them. But Helen's like, but I only do. I only do navigation. And the cat women are like, yeah, we'll 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 figure this out. I love that. I look. The cat women are just like, we're fucking flying by the seat of our pants here, girl. I was like, we'll probably figure that shit out. <laughs> so the cat, yeah, and then Helen's like, but uh, I should care what happens to them. But you know, I don't. Okay, sure, let's fucking do it. The back with the men. It gets to an hour, and Kip hears something. He pulls out that thing he keeps on him. The men wander into a room and see Helen and a bunch of cat women. And Helen's like, hey, put the gun away. And Kip is like, no, 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 not until we get our suits. The cat women are like, you'll get them later. They will be returned to you in the morning. And Laird's like, okay, fair. And then just I, fucking walks I, away as Helen I introduces them. I love that. I love that. He goes from paranoid to, you guys aren't so bad, real fucking fast. <laughs> he, also, he also sits there. <laughs> He's, he also is sitting there, goes from waving the gun around to not getting what he wants, and he puts his 
he puts it away. So then Laird asks about Alpha and, you know, Helen's eating some of their food. Doug and Walt get taken uh, to talk to some of the cat women. And Kip just kind of sits in angst with his gun in the corner and eats some of his rations while all the other men are taking this, you know, very well realizing that they indeed are not alone in this universe. They they have. Yeah, exactly. That's that is another thing that I do love about this scene in particular, because all the cat women have sort of cornered like each one of the guys, except for Kip and are just like just essentially whining and dining them. And mm-hmm. it's. You could just you just see Kip just in the corner on the chair with rashes spooning and he's about glaring at everyone. And I've got to say, it's it's rare that I pick the paranoid guy, but I'm like, I feel like he has the more not not better, but more realistic outlook on the entire mm-hmm. scenario where it's I just bet you all I thought I was alone in the universe until fucking now. So yeah, I'm not trusting you bitches. I'm I'm standing right here. I am a-okay. I don't need none of y'all's help. Kip, and, love yeah. the energy, dude. Love it. Yeah. It's it, the other guys have no self-preservation. They're like, they're like, yeah, you guys aren't so bad. <laughs> so Doug, you know, talks to Lambda and they do some bonding. And then over with Laird and Helen, you know, he talks about uh, talks to one of the cat women. The cat women asks about, you know, how he got there but he says it's it's classified and the cat woman says you know fair and then offers them some space wine i guess i, I don't know so, so doug also also wait 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 have we described the cat women yet i feel like i don't think i feel like we 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 kind of skipped over the cat let's let's talk about well we kind of described it at the beginning they look like motherfucking uh go watch the beyond they watch the single ladies music video they're like wearing that <laughs> but then have like these badly drawn on like eyebrows and shit yeah, it's very pointed. It's they do they have any cat features like a fake tail or ears? They do not. No. They're just no. in black morph suits, uh akin to the Beyonce video, and they have very stern drawn on eyebrows. That's it. Yeah, and they, they got like this what what do you call it? Like a bun like a messy bun or something. Yeah, as a yeah, hairstyle. it is a messy like, bun and and like one of those Egyptian like neck piece things that you saw on like like pharaohs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. So, anyways, so yeah, no, 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 no cat features at all. Nothing that would make me just think. Oh, I would just look at them and just be like, ballerinas on the moon. Yeah, literally. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, black black swan made its way to the dark side <laughs> of the moon. Hell yeah. <laughs> So Doug wants a piece of Catwoman space art and Lambda offers her bracelet and Lambda says, you know, gold is very common on the moon. But Doug is just like, yeah, interesting. You know, if you can show me. So the Catwoman's like, if you take me to your rocket ship, I'll show you gold. And Doug's like, well, we got it. We need the space. Suit. Is it Doug or is it Walt? It's 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 Walt. It's it's, yeah, yeah, it's fair. You got your white guys mixed up again in this movie. And I can't blame you because I thought it was Doug for a while as well. But nope, that is I, that is Walt. I don't fucking Mike. You just might need to correct me because I'm pretty sure that in the rest of my notes I just get Doug and Walt just so fucking. <laughs> they're very, they're very fucking interchangeable. I'm going to be so honest. So, but then, sorry, I guess Doug is now over talking to Beta, and you know, Beta. No, no, Doug is talking to Lambda. Doug is talking to Lambda. Walt's over Walt's talking, talking to Beta. To beta, and okay. Walt was talking to Beta about going, going to the gold. I don't, I don't fucking know. But anyway, they're all sitting around and. Alpha toasts to peace between each people. 
and they'll get their spacesuits tomorrow. So the Catwomen leave. Kip starts arguing with Laird. Laird scolds him for almost starting a war. Um, either Doug or Walt is one of them's gone. Kip is concerned, goes off calling for him. Laird says they're not in danger. Kip yells at everyone, and Kip gives his gun to Doug, I guess, to start watch. So Kip and Helen go off, and they start arguing. Kip grabs Helen's hand too hard, which, you know, that's assault. And Helen's like, mm-hmm. cat, the cat women control me. They made me bring you here. I'm like, what the fuck? So <laughs> Kip has the appropriate response by just making out with Helen on the moon. That's, yeah, that's, that's you know, appropriate steps were made. Appropriate steps were made. Goes, you took us here? You, you, you conned us? You were under the influence of the cat women? <laughs> Well, this calls for a passionate kiss and embrace. And you're like, it's you're like, Kip, you are paranoid, and now you're just now you're being very assaulty. And it's it's a it's a weird change of character. So yeah, they kiss. Helen's like, don't tell Laird. Um, I'll tell I'll tell him. So Kip wants to know, like, you know, what what's the game? You know, he's and he's concerned about Walt and Helen. She goes back in. Laird comes out to talk with Kip, and he's like, this is logical, very scientific. And Kip is like, I I don't think we'll need someone to stand guard i think it'll be fine but then we go back to the ship walt is that right walt yeah and Lambda. Walt. okay walt teaches walt Lambda. And beta. walt and beta or which one of them <laughs> they all look <sighs> walt and beta yeah uh teaches so walt teaches her how to do his job you know with a good bit of detail but then we go back with the cat women and they do like an interpretive dance number and yeah. it's, not, it's not single ladies i want to make that clear <laughs> they just they just they just tur- keep turning their hands they have their hands outstretched and like a high five but they're turning it like in single ladies <laughs> and then they just do the oh oh like i don't fucking know the dance numbers it's just they do the fucking arms thing as they're like in a single file so doug then wakes up and then he wanders out of their bedroom to see the dancing you know he's confused which fair Kip wakes up, he exits the room, and then Doug goes to stand behind a Catwoman and just stares. She turns around and kisses him. And Kip sees this, and Doug and the Catwoman hold hands and walk away. And Kip just is like, okay, and then goes back into the room to wake I, up. Helen. Again, super paranoid guy just goes, fine on my watch. And like, you, wow. I'm like, all right, man. Just the inconsistencies in the characters. I'm like, you know, I, I can see now how just fucking pages of the script were just thrown away like okay yeah, literally it, we'll figure it out yeah exactly so kip goes to wake helen to tell her that doug went to go with uh lambda lambda yeah the lambda? lambda okay yeah. it's lambda um who is the dangerous one per helen so kip goes to give chase helen stays in the room walks over to laird's bed and stands over him then slowly lowers towards him then later Walt, I think, I don't fucking know, wanders through a cave. And as Walt's stalking, he slowly gets stabbed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Walt, Walt okay. gets stabbed. Walt gets, okay, so yeah. Another example of just the softest mugging in the history, or the softest shanking <laughs> in history, where it's just like, just- in the shoulder blade, ah, these guys all have like sepsis or something because like it's just a knife through like butter like it's just they, they like all of the cat women they just they they suck at jumping people because it's not this like they bring their hand down with force it's literally like it's literally like pretend slow-mo 
the knife goes in and he just turns and he's like, he's like, oh, as he's like dying. I guess, I guess they didn't have Krav Maga classes on the moon at this time. Oh my God. <laughs> They're teaching you to like disarm the knife. in like So, but then outside, you know, Kip is wandering. Doug is with his cat woman. They kiss. She says like, go away, save yourself. But Doug is confused. The cat woman's like, I love you and I must kill you. Doug, I love you and I'm not afraid. Catwoman, <laughs> I need to save my people. Doug, I will come back for you. I they, they read it like that. They read I, yeah, it like that, that. That was it was it was about that intensity. I love I love Doug's response to her saying, "I have I have to kill you." His response is, "I'm not afraid." Which I don't know. My brain just says. My brain just put the idea put the idea of him essentially saying, you look like a bitch, though. You can run up. You can try your shit, though. I ain't afraid. But no, he's, he's not doing it like out of fear. He's just like, he is so horny that he's not that, afraid that is to true. die. He, has, he, does, he does also have like huge horny brain, though. Like this dude is this woman is laying out the plan, the plan that the cat women are like, don't tell them about. He just lays that shit out. Oh my and God. he just doesn't care. These people are getting so horny over aliens. OK, so back to back with Laird and Helen. Kip comes in and Laird says he's you know, taking over the mission and, and Kip is like, Helen, tell him. And Helen's like, everything I told you out there was a lie to get you to leave. And Kip is like, what's that's weird. And then he walks away Then back with the cat woman. One of the cat women gives exposition. One of them wants to take a man back. You know, that idea gets shot down. Alpha wants world <laughs> domination. And one of them fell in love with the radio operator. Alpha says some shit, not even kidding about like eugenics or something. And Alpha's yeah, she goes, she goes, you'll be paired up with your show. She goes, you'll be paired up with your perfect mate uh, in a in a eugenic style system or something like that. And you're just like, whoa, ooh, <laughs> God ooh. damn. All right. We're bringing up eugenics. All right. I mean, I know this was like right after World War Two, but like, come on, come on, guys. Leave that God, shit. Everyone, Leave that everyone, shit was, everyone, everyone was on the superior race pill. <laughs> Which not okay, so yeah, uh, yeah, super bad, <laughs> but not, but not super bad, <laughs> but not super. You just see Jonah Hill just come out of the corner, <laughs> Beyonce dancing in a black morph suit and cat eyes, and Michael Sarah and McLovin just going along with it. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the three of them just start doing single ladies just in the corner as like as like Walt is getting stabbed. <laughs> Dude, that'd be some that'd be a weird fucking fever dream of that. <laughs> that's like that's 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 like that's like the meme where it's like uh like your best friend just turning going like, oh I had a dream where I like kissed my crush and like your dreams are like just like this batshit crazy <laughs> nonsensical trip. <laughs> that's like that's like that, but this movie. <laughs> so but then this other cat woman is like, you can't leave without us. But then Alpha's like, you will tell me, and then slaps her upside the head. But then back with... Back <laughs> no, with, you cannot just say she slaps her upside the head. She puts her weight into... She literally this is the most realistic back. fight that we... This is the most realistic strike we've seen in this whole movie. This is, 
This is true. That is true. That is that is so true. She literally pulls herself back. She was cooking that shit up, and she just winds up, makes connection, and follows through to the ground. I'm like, damn. All right. She she smacks the hell out of that person. So now back with Kip and Doug. Doug tells them about the cat woman while wanting to take their ship. Then um and then Doug says one of the Catwomen was supposed to work on Laird and, you know, all of them. And Kip is confused by this, then goes to check on Laird and Helen. And Kip wants to know, like, what's going on. Laird is like, hey, it's all good. But Kip is, thinks that uh, Helen is in cahoots with the Catwoman. But, you know, something, something, Helen has a magical hand. Kip grabs it, holds it in, a, like, a standing armbar position. And when he does that, Helen tells the truth. And it's the real Helen. And Helen is in love with Kip. Kip kisses Helen again. Laird fights him, you know, Dude, understandably. Helen, Helen is, I gotta say, now granted, Helen is technically possessed in, in this scene. I think, mm-hmm. I think that's the, I think that's the, 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 the game that they're getting at. But at this point in the movie, I was not aware that possession was also one of their powers. Mm-hmm. So I thought Helen was just doing, she was gaslight gatekeep girl bossing her way all through this whole movie. She was just playing every motherfucker around just for the hell of it. I was so, like, damn, somebody, Helen. Somebody's seen a little bit of, watched uh, Me You Madness like one too many times. Absolutely, absolutely. She literally saw her just went, that's literally me. And then just decided to replicate it on the fucking moon. So Helen like sees what's going on, like the fight between Kip and Lair just fucking walks away. And the men chase after her once they're done fighting, but they run into Lambda, I think. And she says Alpha yeah. and Beta and Helen are heading towards the ship. But then Lambda brings Doug and Kip the spacesuits and they run off. And then Lambda fucking blips away. And then we go deep in the cave and uh, Lambda stops the Catwoman and Helen. And Lambda tries to talk some sense into Helen, but that doesn't work because Lambda gets KO'd by a rock this this was a soft strike too yeah it was it was a very it was a very soft bop on the head but everyone in this everyone in this movie is just just has paper thin skin <laughs> and she's just she's just down down for the fucking count so the women run off and kip and doug are behind them but you know kip got the gun and you know <laughs> just fucking shoots the cat women while doug checks on lambda but apparently Helen's all right. We don't see any of the murders. Doug puts the Catwoman down. Then we fade to the spaceship. The remaining people, they get on, get in contact with Mission Control. And uh, Mission Control wants to know what happens. They say, oh, it's a long story. And the rocket flies off. And um, that that's the movie. That's it. It's, it's such <laughs> an abrupt ending. I literally, I literally rewound the entire movie. And watched and watched like the final 20 minutes or, or the final 10 minutes, I guess, mm-hmm. because I was straight up. I straight up did not believe that that was the ending. I was like, no, no, no. I missed something. I looked down and like, no, that's that's it. That's fucking it. It just fuck. It fucking stops like that. That's a. it doesn't end. It just it doesn't. This this is not an ending. It's a stopping it. That That's it. I'm, it it's, just kind of blew my mind. Like, All right. There we go. You're like that was it. <laughs> exactly. Wipe my hands just, off and then good to go. Yeah, exactly. You just sit there and just go, "Well, all right. I guess we're moving on to other things." <laughs> now, Mike, 
Would it surprise you if I told you that this movie was released in 3D? No. It was, was it? It, it was released it was? in... And originally it was released in theaters in 3D. Three motherfucking D. And it's well. not it's not like we it's not like we can tell. Like with tech like with Texas Chainsaw, with one of the Texas Chainsaw 3D, we could at least tell, okay, we're getting the bit where the chainsaws come into like we get we get that. And even like with Avatar, you can kind of see like why a movie like that would be released in 3D. Why this movie? Why? Yeah, why why was this movie released in 3D? That that's very confusing. Um yeah, Mike, I I just wanted I wanted to end with that and I don't really have This is a very confusing movie. Like it's so it just kind of boggles the mind when you think how the fuck did a movie like this get made? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That was the big thing. It's how did how did a Hollywood exec one green light this and then subsequently stop greenlighting it and then mm-hmm. just start tearing up essential dialogue and pages. Mm-hmm. It's just the whole production process. I would love to know more about because it's so baffling. Like this movie has so many baffling points to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I dude, I, I got, I got nothing. I, I really I don't have know. nothing. This, 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 this was a movie. This was not a good one. But Mike, I think I know where this falls in your little order of where to of how Ooh. to watch movies. Okay, all right. Let me let me hear it. Let me hear it. Like, first of all, I don't I don't think we've ever said this on the podcast. How many movies is this drinking marathon that you're thinking of? I'm thinking it's I think it's three and a half. I'm thinking it's you have three movies. You may be trying halfway get through the fourth, but you pass out and go to sleep and wake up. Mm-hmm. That's the way I see it. Okay, from because I or, think for me, yeah. this movie is like the last movie that everybody falls asleep. Like you, you start this movie knowing you're going to fall asleep to it. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a good. Yeah, you are just 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 wasted drunk, and mm-hmm. you just throw on that movie because it's on YouTube. It's free. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, you're just like, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. Like, we're just we're just going to play this. And then you just wake up and it's like playing some random YouTube video. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But guys, that, that does it for this ep- this short episode of the Messed Up at Midnight podcast. Be sure to go follow us. Mm-hmm. Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. You, you guys know the deal. And uh, yeah, thank you all. Thank you all so much for the support. Mike, do you do you have anything? Any little bits you want to add? <laughs> You know what? Single ladies should stay on Earth. It shouldn't go on the moon. No matter who you are, whether you're Jonah Hill or a bunch of bunch of women in morph suits, it's just single ladies should stay right here on God's green Earth. Earth go hard. Earth go hard. You, you, you know who you are if you if you're laughing at that. Earth go hard. <laughs> Earth er, Earth do be going hard. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we'll see y'all next week. See you next week, everybody.